Hello and welcome to We Know WeHo, the podcast about the businesses and people of West Hollywood, California. I am your host, Tracy Passo, and I am joined by my co-host, Mikey Consbrook. Hey, Mikey. Well, hello. Hello and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Tracy. I know I haven't seen you. This is our very first podcast of 2022. Yeah, this is, well, I think everyone is is hiding from their own shadows and staying at home and being sensible and careful about the Omicron. Well, all I can tell you is that 2022, from what I've heard from my uh, some of my astrology peeps, is that it is a year of destiny. So think about what you want your destiny to be. So let's put that on the positive side. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. We've got uh, a very short intro this week because I have actually been traveling out of town over the holidays. I was gone for a couple of weeks. I was at home up in the Bay Area, then a couple days in San Francisco proper, and then I seem to find myself in New York uh, as a route home to L.A. from San Francisco. So I spent the new year in New York. So I have been spending a lot of time WeHo adjacent. That's fantastic. I, uh, <laughs> I have been in WeHo. <laughs> it's a spoiler alert. You were in Nebraska when we recorded our guest episode. That is very true. Yes, mom <laughs> turned 75. So I... Did a hop, skip, and a jump to go uh, stay with mom for a while. Oh, I love that. Well, happy birthday, mom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, well, I've got just a very few food highlights here. Yesterday, Mikey, I had lunch at the WeHo Bistro. One of my favorites. Okay, and I was debating. I was having a true Libra moment trying to make up my freaking mind. I was hungry, and I don't know their menu too well, and I was kind of feeling like a half a cup of soup, and... My two uh, lunch companions said, oh, my gosh, you have to try their mushroom soup. And so I ordered a cup of that, their infamous cream of mushroom soup, and mm-hmm. it was insane. Have you had it? I, You know what? I have not. I, I eat there on a somewhat frequent basis, but mm-hmm. I always default to the French onion soup because it is out of this world. Uh, I saw that on there as well. I just wasn't feeling like having the, a cheese explosion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was wavering between, I was kind of in like a tomato biscuit, um, but I was um, really, the the response for the mushroom soup was like, oh my gosh, you have to try it. So I, I did that. And then I combined it with some delicious lamb sausage, grilled onion, crack sandwich on ciabatta that was absolutely delicious. They, they can do no wrong there, I swear. I've never had anything where I was like, huh, well, that was okay. Like, every single time I eat there, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to eat here again. Yeah, and it's definitely, I think, for um, all the guests that we've had on time and time again, We Hope Bistro comes up as, like, a fan favorite. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so um, kudos to Jeff and the team over there. Uh, so, Mikey, I was on a, a bike ride this morning, and as I rode by your block, I saw that cookie place. Is it open yet? Still not open. I, I asked um, one of the, I don't think it was one of the owners, but I asked somebody who was working on the project, I think uh, one of their consultants, and I was given a, a two-week time frame, and that was about six weeks ago. So I, I'm not real sure when that will be opening. Uh, okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Please let us know. Indeed. And you have to let me know if the cookies are going to be wor- calorie-worthy. <laughs> Aren't they always? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not always. Not always. Um, and 
Speaking of cookies, this is kind of a, a sad segue. Um, our last guest last episode was Grain Traders, and I went on and on and on about their chocolate chip cookie. And unfortunately, over the last week or so, I saw on Instagram that uh, that business had to close, which just breaks my breaks my heart. I'm I'm also saddened by that. I I didn't have a chance to try it, and it became so highly recommended by you. And after there, our episode, I was excited to go over there and and so um regrettably i did not get to try it yeah it always hurts when we lose a business especially you know a small one and they were one of those that got going during the pandemic so anyway um we'll keep you posted i i sent a note to dennis to see if they were going to pop up or if we could help anywhere so anyway um sadly grain traders is closed and i also saw um that Wahlburgers up on sunset had mm-hmm. also closed and shut their doors oh did not know that one dang Mm-hmm. And I never got a chance to get in there and um, have a burger from Marky Mark and the team. Um, so I'm not sure. But anyway, that spot is closed up on Sunset. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with the closings, we always have openings um, out with the old and with the new as it is in the cycle of life and business here in West Hollywood. And there's a new ice cream shop. I haven't been there. It's uh, it's a vegan spot. And it's run by the former EPLP pastry staff. It's called Awan. I don't know if I pronounced that right. It's not Awan. It's Awan, A-W-A-N. Okay. And apparently it's like a, a little window and their flavors rotate weekly. It's located on Huntley Drive. And it's like, apparently I haven't been over there, but it's like a little window, like an ice cream window. It's at 866 Huntley. Okay. Um, <laughs> that just south of Santa Monica. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that in the same place that there used to be a little coffee shop? You know what? I think that that's the place that that teeny tiny little yeah. no one knows about it unless you're coming up Huntley up the street to Santa Monica. But it's pretty cute. Like right across the street or right across the like patio from Youth House. Mm-hmm. Yep, ah, right there. Okay. Cool. And, I'm excited and- for that. Yeah, well, um, walk over if you if you can. I know that's close to where you are, and they're open from twelve to six every day. Okay. So one new business. All right. Well, that's all I've got on our quick little food highlights, uh, Mikey. I don't know. Do you have anything to add on food highlights? I don't believe so. I I uh, uh, spent a few nights out um, eating with family during Christmas, um, but I kind of went to all the the, the favorite haunts. So uh, big shout out to Bottega Louis as always. Yum yum yum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we've got we're in the uh, football pro football playoffs and the Super Bowl is fast approaching on February 13th. I think they're holding steady for that date. Um, yes. Yep. So um, and then Valentine's Day is also coming up. So we've got lots of things and I'm sure lots of features um, in our upcoming episodes because we both love food so much. <laughs> I didn't get that <laughs> by not eating. So yeah. Well, last episode, we started a beauty and wellness spotlight segment featuring B2V. And it was really awesome. We talked about actually um, going gray, uh, which was fantastic. So if you missed it, go back and listen to it. It's very, very interesting. So I'm really excited to see what Maxine is talking to the B2V team about today. Fantastic. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Maxine Tatlanghari, Vanny Girl Hollywood, with your beauty and wellness segment brought to you once again by B2V Salon. And joining us is master colorist David Stanko. You may have caught his gray strategy segment um, a couple of weeks ago. And now we're here talking highlights, which he did on me. And I love them. David. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide 
to-go highlights. And how do winter highlights differ from summer highlights? Oh, Maxine, you are the most perfect canvas (laughs) for this conversation. And you have longer hair. It is a chocolatey brunette. And because your hair is longer and you whip it up into a bun and a ponytail and you do all these fun styling things, your hair naturally oxidizes and gets a little bit lighter towards the ends, which I love. And on our last visit for the holidays, I wanted to move those lighter bits a bit closer to your root so that it became a look and not just a faded from the summer highlight. (laughs) So... Having said that, you are amazing because you rock these highlights that are these little glints of gold and very natural. And as I say, you know, I'm the formula boss. That's my moniker. So as, (laughs) as, as, as the formula boss, I wanted to put in lighter brown bits on your chocolate base. And that gives you a signature look. And I also, I call it gestural hair. The way you pull your hands through your hair. Yes, yes, yes. I imitate that and I watch it. And wherever I see a little strand that floats along the side or top, I grab it. I highlight it and wrap it. And that becomes sort of your signature look. I love that. I saw you do that in one of your Instagram reels. Not on me. It was on a different client. I think it was her first time getting blonde highlights. She had virgin hair, unlike me. My hair is you know, done it all. Um, <laughs> slutty hair that it is. Um, <laughs> but she, um, again, had this beautiful, long, blonde, virgin hair. And you had her sort of play with it and pull her hands through it. And then you took strands. And then that's where you highlighted. I didn't realize that you were watching me and doing the same thing. But when I took my bun out the other day, I noticed in the front that sort of wave I have, it was like all highlighted. So... Yeah, I I get it. That's right. You know, being a colorist, you not only have to formulate well and technically place it in the hair, as I always say, it's what you pick and where you put it that makes the look for the woman. But it's also the softer skills of observation. So all of this is going on behind the scenes as you and I Mm -hmm. are chatting about what we always chat about (laughs) which I'm not allowed to say because it's privileged information (laughs) I know it's like right like talking to your to your hair person is like um it's like therapy (laughs) oh it's totally and it's secrets your secrets are safe with me Um, it's therapy (laughs) it's therapy it is and I am the hair traffic controller (laughs) (laughs) he is and I have to say I mean we all know I mean David you're you know bio speaks for itself and you are truly truly an artist but when I walked into the salon to pick up Maxine I'm like wow I mean that was you know it was really a work of art and it was so beautifully done and it was just incredible you know doing doing highlights in the winter or doing highlights with a subtle hand it's all about um you know you want to be you want to look delicately highlighted you don't want to look uh, very contrasty. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you have a darker base, so you don't want to see chocolate and vanilla. That's too much of a contrast. It's very Kelly Clarkson of the 90s or Cindy Crawford from the 90s. It's very old school. It's more about the subtlety, the elegance, and you want to be kissed by the sun, not struck by lightning, you know? <laughs> 
kissed by the sun, not struck by lightning. Okay, I think we're going to end this spotlight on that note. Again, if you want to see David or any of the other fabulous colorists at B2V, um, make sure to check them out. Link in bio. And David, where can people keep up with you on Instagram? I'd love to see some new followers on Instagram at the T-H-E David Stanko. S-T as in Tom, A-N-K-O. Come join. Yes, and check out our next segment when David talks to me about how to keep my color right and Tracy's color right in between treatments because it is about the product. I have to say that I am really enjoying these hair tips. Um, Mikey, I don't know um, if... Did you ever had highlights? <laughs> <laughs> the big joke amongst my friends um, is for many, 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 many years, uh, no one really knew my actual hair color because it was between me and my God. Uh, <laughs> I was, I had black hair. I, I, I was born with red hair. And then as a child, it turned, uh, I was like toe head blonde. Uh, and then as I got older, it just, you know, got darker blonde, darker blonde. And sometime in my early mid twenties, it became whatever I wanted it to be. So Sometimes it was black, sometimes it was platinum, sometimes it was uh, brunette, sometimes it was red. And now recently it has been back to whatever nature has intended, um, but I'm never opposed to highlights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you're looking for some, you can head on into BTV and um, talk to David and see. He could even give you consultation. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, my best friend even told me years ago when I was doing a lot of that platinum color uh, that kind of got yellowy sometimes mm -hmm. he, he called it baby chicken yellow. So that was my hair color for a while. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that is hilarious. Okay, I mean, my best friend's a bitch and I love him dearly, but yeah, it was some, I would walk down the street and sometimes he'd even make chicken noises like, so yeah. Oh, Shout out to Miss Brad. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That just leaves the door wide open for a whole line of hair colors. It does. It does. <laughs> All right. Well, I do have one other note uh, in our beauty and wellness section, and that is it's not so new, but Glossier, they had a pop up on Melrose Place and then they closed that down and they have opened up a mega, and I do mean mega, mega flagship store there on Melrose uh, just before La Cienega. It is ginormous. It takes up the whole block. If you're into Glossier and all that, um, it's quite the spectacular. And it's very pretty. It's pink. So ah, uh, my mm -hmm. favorite color. we have a very lengthy conversation with our guests this week. And let's get into that. And Mikey, I really don't even know how to explain our guest this week and all about her other than it is truly out of this world. I think you said it best. All right, let's get into the guest interview this week. It's not just the brick and mortar businesses that make up the business community of West Hollywood, but also the thousands of entrepreneurs who call home their corporate HQ. These types of businesses range widely in the type of services they provide, from bookkeepers to candle makers, lawyers, therapists, and tarot card readers. Our featured guest today is a West Hollywood resident who has lived in WeHo for the past four years with her wife, Natalie. Elizabeth April, also known as EA, is a gifted thought leader of many titles, from clairvoyant, truth seeker, intuitive psychic, paradigm shifter, to best-selling author. 
EA is breaking the mold as she opens people's minds to a new way of thinking. Above all, her ongoing mission is to help humanity awaken by expanding their minds to the infinite possibilities the universe has to offer. She actively pursues this mission through private readings ranging from celebrity clientele to those among her 300,000 plus online community. Most recently, EA brought her expertise to the small screen as a featured guest on an NBC Peacock TV docuseries, Unidentified with Demi Lovato. Welcome to We Know WeHo, Elizabeth April. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy and Mikey, for having me here. Of course. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. I'm beyond excited because I am such such a fan. And EA, I have to tell you, I mean, you have been on so many podcasts that have huge audiences that I nearly fell over when you replied on that Instagram story I commented on and asked about our little podcast where we just talk about feud and beauty and shopping and wine in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> well, so- I love WeHo. And uh, even my wife was super pumped that I was doing this. She's like, when are you doing the WeHo podcast? Because, you know, this is our home. And and it's great that you guys are doing this and and exposing, you know, SoCal to uh, to our little slice of paradise. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And there is so much to talk about. So let's just jump right into our conversation. Mikey, are you ready for this? I, I, I am. I'm, I literally, <laughs> I am um, pins and needles because I, I am a newbie. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Well, for our listeners that have no idea what I'm talking about, let's get into the question. So <laughs> EA, let's just start with what it is that you do. And can you explain, you know, that to our listeners and a little bit about your spiritual story that led you to, uh, you know, channeling information. Yeah, absolutely. So in this lifetime, I was born with extrasensory abilities. That basically means that I was born with the ability to feel other people's emotions um, and thoughts, as well as see ghosts and spirits, as well as pick up on people's auras and chakras. Um, So I was really connected as a kid. Um, I was raised Catholic, so I actually thought that I was talking to God. But at the age of six, I told my dad that, you know, dad, the Bible has it all wrong. You know, the priest is wrong in church because God's actually a woman. Because I was talking to this uh, spirit guide of mine who is actually a female. And of course, you're taught that if you're talking to anything that no one else can see, then it's either God or the devil. And this is a pretty good vibe. So I definitely thought that God was a woman. Um, And I laugh at my audacity to say that the entire religion is wrong based on my (laughs) own experience, right? So so that was me as a kid. I was definitely the weird one, um, you know, in elementary school. And it was definitely really hard for me to, you know, fit in and get along with other kids because I did feel so different and so outcasted. So at the age of 10, I decided to shut down all of my spiritual abilities and I just wanted to be normal. Um, That went really well. Um, I started making friends and fitting in. Uh, But around the age of 14, 15, 16 years old, I really spiraled into a deep depression, lots of anxiety, and really felt like I had left my purpose behind. I felt like because I didn't have that spiritual connection anymore, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know, you know, why I was here on this planet. And it really felt um, quite overwhelming for me to think that 
my entire life is going to be going to school, getting into debt, locking in a nine to five and popping out some babies. That was definitely not the life that I wanted to live. So I really started questioning things at that age. At the age of 16, uh, through a heavy depression and anxiety, I sought out the answers to my questions. I went to counselors, therapists, I went to high school teachers, I went to, you know, my friends' parents to say, all right, well, what, what is it? You know, what is the truth here? Like, what, why are we here? What's the purpose of life? Like, give me something, anything more than this. And it seemed like every time I was just met with blank stares and disappointing answers. Luckily for me, um, at the age of 16, it was my dad actually who offered to give me a past life regression. And uh, although he was Catholic, although he was an engineer, he also studied past life regression on the side. And so at that point, I was really open to anything. So at 16, uh, in about an hour and a half, I went through and experienced about five past lives. And these lifetimes really ranged from being a monk to a shaman to being a slave and getting persecuted. Um, but what that left me off with was two big things. One, reincarnation is real. And oh my goodness, I'm not just 16. And two, time is actually an illusion because in an hour and a half, I could experience five entire past lives. What else is possible? So at that point in time, I started to bring back all of my uh, psychic and spiritual abilities, um, I actually took my dad's past life regression book and I copied all of the information in the book and I started doing past life regressions, uh, which was probably really irresponsible of me because, you know, I wasn't trained. I didn't have a background in it. But when I went away to university at the age of 18, that's how I made friends. You know, I'd go up to random kids in class and say, hey, have you ever thought of reincarnation? Like, let me show you something. It was kind of a party trick. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I was uh, astral traveling, remote viewing. I started getting back into telepathy and empathy and uh, started to channel information. And I started to, you know, realize, you know, there's so much more going on in the world. At a certain point in time, I started to uh, question beyond. I went to a 10-day uh, silent meditation retreat on the second night of meditation, and this was when I was 18. I was actually abducted by aliens, by interdimensional beings. And at that point, you know, I was open. I was channeling past lives. I was tapping into energies. I was practicing telepathy. But if you had asked me if aliens exist, I would say, I mean, yeah, there's got to be something else out there in the universe. But are they here right now? No way. I mean, why would they bother with us human beings? Um, but of course, after the abduction, once again, the can of worms was opened and I was exposed to this world outside of this world. And all of a sudden, I started to explore past lifetimes off this planet. And I started to connect with beings who were volunteers who, you know, decided to come to this planet to share, you know, a high vibrational frequency and information for humanity. And that's when I really stepped into my soul purpose. Uh, so since then, I'm 29 now, it's been about 10, 11 years, and I've been unpacking these big questions 
who are we? You know, what are we doing here? Who are aliens? What are they doing with humans? And what is this grand picture? What is, where are we really going with all of this? So for me, my mission is kind of to explore as much big picture information as possible and to also link together the different fields of study of quantum physics, spiritual awakening, and cosmic disclosure so that we get a really comprehensive view of this world and the world within and beyond this world as well. Yeah, I've got a, like to kind of backtrack, I got a question. Mm -hmm. You said when you were younger, six years old, you were able to um, put away the, the abilities that you have, and then you brought them back out at 16. Mm -hmm. When you said you put them away or, or, you, or, you, or you ignored them, was it something that was knocking on the door saying, hey, 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 I'm still here. You can still do this. Or how did you, how did you, put that aside uh, as a, a, a little kid, mm -hmm. make friends, you know, be quote unquote normal in society uh, only to find it again at 16. Like what was that journey? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. So, um, so it was actually at 10 when I really shut that down. And I remember making a very conscious decision at 10 years old. I looked around at my classroom. I looked around the other kids in my, in my school and I said, what are the popular kids doing, right? Because I was just so alone and such an outcast. And I said, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And what I basically observed was that they were all in sports. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll go into sports. And I went into sports. And I went into every sport that they were offering in my school and more than that. And I picked it up really easily. I started to become captains of my teams. And I started to, you know, step into that popular role. And at that time, it's kind of interesting to look back to go from such a metaphysical existence, such a, a non-physical tapping in to this, you know, vibrational world existence straight into the physical. So I really believe that my conscious observation and then my choice to get into sports and that dedication to the physical world completely shut off my ability. So basically between 10 and 16, no, there was no little voice in my head saying, come back to the spiritual. There was none of that. There was, and that's where the Depression really came from is the complete separation of that world. But I didn't even know that the depression and the anxiety came from the separation of the spiritual and the non-physical. So it was really that dedication, diving into the physical that separated me from uh, from the whole spiritual world. And, and one more follow-up. I'm so sorry, because I'm, mm -hmm. again, this is also new. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you did the past life regression, um, when I was in college about 467 years ago, um, <laughs> I went to um, uh, a hypnotist. It was, it was a, a program. It was programming on campus. Uh, a hypnotist, a hypnotist came onto campus and um, I ended up volunteering to be one of the people on stage. Cool. It felt like I had slept for two months. I was yep. so relaxed when the experience was over. I was so energized. Um, when you did the regression, is that something like you go into a trance? Is it something like you go into a sleep? Is it something, how do you experience that? Like what physically is happening to you to allow you to, to experience the regression? Yeah, great question. So yeah, it's exactly what you mentioned. It's very similar to like hypnotherapy, but instead of 
not remembering anything, which typically happens in those kind of situations. Um, it's kind of like a dream, but when you wake up from it, you remember every single detail as if it was like a memory that was unlocked. So uh, it is a trance-like state that you get put into, which is a very relaxed state. And the relaxation allows you to separate your conscious mind from this current reality so that the regressionist can direct you and guide you into different states of reality or essentially different timelines that you're soul has lived before okay yeah um i'm gonna to go back to ea because you mentioned you had a catholic upbringing and in the end of um you know the answer to that first question you said you know now you're exploring who are we why are we here you know what are aliens doing so i mean such an interesting jump from catholicism into something totally on the opposite side of you know dogmatic religion so i mean where where are we with like where are you with like who are we and why are we here and and what are aliens doing i mean that's like i know it's an hours and months and years <laughs> and whatever but um, I don't know, kind of like, where are you with like kind of all of those three questions at a high level, if that's even possible to, to answer at a high level? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, to sum up my past, you know, 10 years of, of exploration, research, connecting, downloading, exploring, I and this might be super out there, because I know that this is like the WeHo community. And but I also truly believe that whoever's listening to this is meant to listen to this at this time. I truly believe that humans are basically like a giant interdimensional experiment. Um, not to say that we're any less than. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, we are uh, pretty incredibly powerful. So I believe that there was a missing link um, between basically, you know, the Homo sapien, Homo erectus sort of era. And that missing link, I truly believe, was interdimensional beings that came here that mixed their DNA with our DNA, which basically makes all human beings hybrid beings. Um, I believe that we have DNA within us that has been laying dormant because we've been told that it's junk DNA. Um, as a matter of fact, the scientific community will tell us that we only really operate with 8% of our DNA. And the other 90 plus percent is just junk DNA. Don't worry about that. That, you know, don't look over there sort of thing. And I truly believe that that junk DNA is, uh, at least in part, uh, some of that interdimensional DNA that was given to us. I believe that as we raise our vibrational frequency, we can unlock this DNA and be psychic. I believe that everything that I can do, I believe everyone can do. Um, tap into their soul, tap into their Akashic records, tap into their own knowledge and wisdom and information. And we're getting there and people are starting to wake up, especially since 2020, everyone's identities, everyone's attachments were really ripped from them. And they had to do some deeper diving into who they really were and why they were here and, and figuring out that more purposeful kind of dynamic in their life. And then I would say, you know, as far as religion is concerned, I really don't think that what I believe is is that far off from from religion. And, and I know that 
I've had such an issue in my life with Catholicism in particular because the amount of war, the amount of suffering, the amount of corruption, the amount of death that has been, um, you know, created in the name of God is is really quite disgusting if you look at it, um, and it is so polarizing and separating. But I mean, if I talk about source frequency or the universe, it really is just another word of God. Of course, God isn't a man in the sky. It's a vibrational frequency that runs throughout the universe that we can actually scientifically measure and study. Um, and then I do believe that Jesus was a man, but instead of being... Um, the son of God, I believe that he was an ascended master. He was a soul that came to this planet with a purpose, with a mission, with a, a reason. And, and after he was here, all of his words, all of his teachings of unconditional love was completely twisted um, and then, you know, and, and utilized for manipulation and greed and control. So, yeah, so that's kind of my perspective on all of that. Yeah, I'm Mikey, I'm sure you have like a zillion follow ups. So I'm gonna let you do that in a sec. But I just want to that DNA when I hear that you just think about the our human body and every single thing that we seem to have has a purpose, you know, like our heart and our eyes and our lungs and to think that 90% of our DNA is junk <laughs> is interesting when you stop to think about it. So totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mikey, do you have any follow-ups on um, that? Are you like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how he's doing over there in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> my head just fell off my shoulders. Um, <laughs> seriously, it's a lot to take in for somebody who's just uh, learning about this. Okay. Follow-up with the um, knowledge of, or the, 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 uh, meeting or feeling of or experiencing aliens how was that was that in a physical form was that in a mental form was that how was that mm -hmm. yeah good question so when I was 18, um, I was abducted in that during that 10 day uh, silent meditation retreat. And that was physical, like they physically took me from my bed. It was definitely the scariest experience of my life. And what's kind of interesting is uh, probably 95% of the experiences that I've had with interdimensionals after that moment have all been positive. And so when I look back and I ask myself the question, you know, why was that first experience with ETs just so negative and scary? And I realize now, especially speaking on stages at UFO conferences and being really kind of a part of that community, um, there are so many people who have had abduction experiences that are really negative. So I really do feel like I had to have that negative experience to have the compassion um, for other people who have had also negative experiences. So it just kind of gives me that well-rounded approach of, yeah, there's good and bad within extraterrestrials. There's good and bad within humans, you know, and to really kind of keep that grounded approach rather than you know, some of these woo-woo spiritualists, it's all light, it's all love. And, mm -hmm. you know, honestly, it's, it's bullshit, you know, it's, let's go into the darkness, let's go into the shadow side, you know, let's talk about, um, you know, ETs in a very grounded approach, in a grounded way. Um, but, but it's not also all negative, as some may, may assume as well. They're, they are here to help us during this ascension, during this shift, during this vibrational increase that we're all experiencing here. So how long did that last and what made it negative if, if you're comfortable sharing? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So I, I want to say that it lasted, it was pretty, it's, it was a pretty short experience. I'm thinking that it lasted around maybe 15, 20 minutes um, in total. I only know the time that I woke up because after, after they put me back into my bed, I basically turned on my phone and I knew that it was 3.30 in the morning. Um, I don't know what time they took me because I was asleep, <laughs> uh, but okay. I did wake up when they did take me. So what made it really scary is the fact that they did not telepathically, well, first of all, the beings who took me um, were just negative beings. Like they were just in a low vibration. So they didn't want to comfort me. They didn't want to communicate with me. It's, it really felt like it was violating, you know, all of the beings that I connect with, whether it be vibrationally or physically today, these days, there's a telepathic conversation. There's, you know, an open-hearted safe space. There's, there's a vibration that you just feel that is unconditionally loving. And that vibration just simply wasn't there in that first abduction experience. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, sidebar, um, how did you arrive in West Hollywood then? But you said you've been here for four yeah. years. What brought yep. you to West Hollywood? Why, why here? Well, not here in Nebraska, but here in West Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so I'm Canadian, eh? Um, I was, <laughs> I was in Toronto, um, actually with my fiance, who was a dude. And, uh, and, you know, of course, like on paper, it's perfect. You know, you have the music producer meets the psychic, you know, whatever. We, we kind of had a bit of a flashy life. But deep down, very similar to the feeling that I had when I was 16, something wasn't right. Um, I was looking for fulfillment and happiness that I just wasn't getting in that relationship. So I put a, a call out to the universe. I said, all right, spirit guides, all right, universe, if this is not the right path, because we're planning a wedding, you know, invitations have gone out, like we're doing this, um, please put an end to this. Like, please give me a sign. And I even said, I said, give me a sign, but rattle my world. Don't just kind of poke me in the side, like rattle, shake me up. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was a couple weeks later after I put that call out to the universe where, so I was like, um, like a full-time psychic at that time. And I had clients all over the world and we would do like zoom sessions right back then. And so this was like 2018, I think. And, uh, and so one of my clients was this, you know, just kind of like a nervous rack all over the place, you know, strung out, overworked, this woman from West Hollywood, from California. And, uh, and instantly when we connected now, just granted all of my friends, like my whole social group, pretty much my whole life have been like LGBTQ. I've always had a, like a gay boy best friend. I've always had like a whole group of lesbians that are like just so much fun to party with. But I've always also been with men. Like I've always been like quote unquote straight or whatever. And, but I ride a motorcycle and I'm a tomboy and whatever. So anyway, and so I meet this woman and she's a client of mine. She, you know, watches my YouTube, gets a session from me. And after the session is over, I start having these very vivid flashbacks to past lifetimes that we've had together. And not just one lifetime, but like 10, 15 lifetimes. 
And what's really interesting is in every single one of these lifetimes that we've had together, we've always been different genders. Sometimes we're both male. Sometimes we're both female. Sometimes she's the male. I'm the female. Sometimes I'm the dude. She's the female in all of these lifetimes. But it's always romantic. It's always passionate. It's always just this intensity, this fire that I've never felt before in this life. So I'm thinking shit, you know, what do I do with this? What do I do with this California girl who's who's a lesbian, you know, herself, but I'm just so drawn in. Like, I'm just so, like, actually the word that came through was like obsessed. Like I was obsessed with this girl. And I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even into girls. Like what's happening? And so I sat my fiance down. I told him, I said, look, like I'm, I kind of have fallen for this woman in California and he looks at me and he's like, all right, cool. We'll go explore your, your sexuality, but come back to me, you know, go have your fun in California, but come back. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't think it's like that. I don't think that this is like a go one time thing. And so in the next like two months, I mean, in the middle of planning a wedding, mind you, I shut down my business in Toronto. I left my fiance, I moved my home country, you know, and I, uh, and I changed my sexuality all in the matter of like two months. Uh, and I think it was a big shock to my family. Um, and it was weird. It was really weird coming out at 26, just, just, just putting it out there. Um, and then I, and then she, you know, Nat lived in West Hollywood and what's really beautiful about WeHo is coming out as gay or fluid or, you know, whatever the words are, because I don't really identify with those words other than fluid. I love the word fluid. I think we're all fluid. Um, but what's beautiful about coming out, uh, you know, at 26 and being gay for the first time is West Hollywood was the perfect place to be for that. Like so open, so loving, so accepting. And, uh, and we've been here ever since. And she's been here for about 10 years now in this condo. Oh, yeah, we have a similar story about what brought us to West Hollywood. Mm. We'll have to share. I'll have to share that with you later <laughs> <laughs> to grab a coffee, maybe at another point. Um, yeah. Oh, so awesome. Um, I want to go back to follow up on who we are, why we're here. And you mentioned, you know, activating DNA. People are waking up. It gets activated through raising your frequency. Can you just break that down a little bit for our listeners? Kind of, you know, what you're talking um, about and it's 3D into 5D, if that's part of that conversation. And I know that you also wrote a book. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> In <laughs> April 2021 called You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up. So let's open up that big can of worms. For sure. Yeah. So um, basically, like, there's so many people all over the world who are in autopilot programming is what I call it, right? So basically, they're doing their nine to five, they're, you know, a father or a mother or, uh, you know, whatever the identifiers are, husband, wife, what have you. And uh, they're just kind of in these labels. They're just kind of in their reality. They're in it. They don't really understand that there's anything other than the four walls that are around them. And that's totally okay because we're, we're, we've all been there. Uh, it's just getting into this reality. When you start to shift your vibration, you start to ask questions. And it could be any question. It could be, who am I really? 
or what am I doing here? Or is there something more than being a lawyer? Is there something more than being a gardener? Is there something more to life than this? Uh, and in the past, a lot of those kind of questions led us into religion because honestly, there wasn't any other pathways for us. There weren't any other answers for us to the beyond than religion. Luckily, now we've got spirituality, we've got consciousness, we've got you know self-help, we've got mental health, we've got these kind of things that are really starting to be hot topics, especially in the pandemic. Um, and so... Right now, what's happening is a lot of people are questioning things. And just through the process of questioning your reality, you start to gain access slowly but surely to the answers in your reality as well. Instead of maybe channeling a download from an interdimensional or from a spirit guide about, you know, what your purpose is, maybe you stumble across an article online. Maybe you bump into a person that you knew 10 years ago and you have this epic conversation and you learn something from that conversation. Or maybe you stumble across this podcast episode and you're like, whoa, this is crazy, but also <laughs> Um, you know, so when you start to question, the answers actually start appearing in your reality slowly but surely. And that right there is raising your vibration. Like there's all these kind of like spiritual, once again, woo-woo words of vibration and frequency and all of these things that maybe don't necessarily like hit, you know, into all of the people who haven't really thought about this. But all it takes is questioning and challenging your current limiting beliefs of, uh, can I do something else than this job that I've done for 15 years? Is there a different path for me? How can I best serve my community in a better way? How can I best serve myself in a higher way? Um, you know, and that's, I, I truly believe that that's not selfish. That's really important that we are, we feel the most aligned to our reality as we can, because we deserve that. So that's kind of the raising the, the vibration. And what my book is about is once again, it's called You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up. That title specifically encapsulates the entire awakening process because one main aspect of spiritual awakening is something called an ego death. So like I said, 2020 hit, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people weren't able to do the things that they were doing on a daily basis. They were forced to work from home. They were forced to do things a different way. And that really collapsed a lot of people's identities. That really collapsed a lot of people's realities. And it forced them to make different decisions, different choices throughout their day and throughout their life. And when we start to collapse our identity, our illusion of this reality, we literally feel like we're dying. Uh, you know, I lost my job and I don't have any more money in my bank account and I don't even know who I am anymore. That is an ego death. And when we actually kill parts of ourselves or kills a strong word, but, but collapse these aspects of ourselves that no longer serve us, what we do is we create space for new aspects, for new identifiers, for new things that are in a higher vibrational alignment to come in. We have to clear the space of the old in order to connect with the new. So this whole book is about the all of the stages along the way of ascending and awakening and questioning. And it goes from depression and anxiety 
anxiety and autopilot programming to exploring the different spiritual modalities to understanding things like crystals and essential oils and energy work and connecting with nature and grounding. And then it goes into uh, soul purpose and mission and who human beings are. And then it even touches upon simultaneous time and quantum physics at the end. So it's a really beautiful overview of what everyone uh, pretty much experiences during an ascension or a spiritual awakening. And it doesn't take a special person to go through this. I believe everyone has a soul on this planet. Therefore, everyone has the capacity to connect with themselves and with the universe at a much deeper level. Uh, I think I'm levitating over here in my little podcast studio <laughs> closet. <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, I mean, Los Angeles is definitely a Mecca for, um, I guess what we like to call woo woo or, you know, our spiritual mm -hmm. folks. It's such an incredible community. Um, so it's no wonder that you are here, uh, in West Hollywood as well. And I hope that book soup, um, plug for book soup. I hope they carry your book. Do they mm -hmm. EA? I don't think so. No, I just self-published. So, but that might be, you know, a place that I can stop in on, you know, and ask them if they would be interested in carrying it. Oh yeah. We got to get that book. book in for sure. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> so, okay. Pivoting again. What's the alien 411 in West Hollywood? <laughs> okay. So come on. They're all at the Abbey. Come on. EA. <laughs> they're all at the Abbey. They're partying right now. <laughs> Um, so oh, funny. they're, they're, they're all doing, what was it? The, the, the reality show that we were really excited about. Oh, don't even start with me on that. The real men of West Hollywood. Oh, gag. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Actually, one of those guys is a client of mine. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, <no>. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, super funny. Okay. So yeah. So Okay, I believe that we can basically have uh, contact or spiritual experiences wherever we are. Um, you know, my my wife has had a couple of really interesting encounters. Um, I'll I'll tell you one that just happened to her like the other week, and you may look at this and say, "Yeah, that's a it's a bit of a stretch," but I'm just going to put it out there. And so, you know. I'm sure you guys know because because you're in WeHo, but you know we have our we have our local homeless, right? We've got the woman on the street who's always crying. Yeah, you know, the guy who walks around. So you know you you've got your regulars, right? And and you kind of learn to love them, and you know it's nice to have them around. Of course, recently there's kind of been an uptick in homelessness everywhere, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so my wife was walking down what was it Santa Monica the other day, and there was this man. He was a homeless man and uh, he she described him as looking like Santa Claus. Like he had this beautiful, like billowing white beard and these like piercing blue eyes. And he was kind of mumbling to himself about aliens. And she she walks by him and he locks eyes with her, which sometimes, you know, you just kind of want to walk a little bit faster. But she actually stopped and she's like, oh, a beautiful day, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it is quite a nice day. And and they start talking about aliens and interdimensionals and contact and and all of this stuff. And and he looks at her at the end of this conversation and he's like, it's really nice that you're on this planet. And after she had that conversation with him, oh yeah. And then she says that she walked away. She walked past this guy 
And she got like, you know, maybe a half a block away. She looks back. The guy's gone. He's just disappeared, you know. And she comes back home and she's like, wow, like, I really think that that guy was like some sort of alien or like a Palladian being. Um, and like I said, it might sound like a bit of a stretch for people who aren't in this world, but I really do believe that there are what I would call is like messengers, you know, that that kind of appear in our life to give us certain pieces of information, um, to have certain conversations, to plant certain seeds uh, in our reality. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I look at West Hollywood. Um, I do believe that there's a really good vibe around West Hollywood in general. Like, I know it's a bit of like a, a you know, a party town, but I really feel like there's a safety here that you just don't get anywhere else in LA. Like, it feels like we're in kind of like this bubble of reality that is like its own kind of little utopia that you just don't find anywhere else. As a matter of fact, when I first moved here, um, you know, I was in West Hollywood, I think maybe for like three or four months. And then I had a filming, I think with Vice in downtown um, LA. And, you know, they rented out this studio in this loft or whatever. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to this interview, babe. Like, I'll be back. I was like all dressed up. Um, and I go to downtown LA and I'm like, am, am I in the right place? Like, this kind of feels like post-apocalyptic. Like, the only people I see that are walking around are homeless people. Like, am I in the right place? And I was, but I came back home to West Hollywood that day. And I was like, all right, babe, like, wow, you picked a good place to live because I had no idea like downtown LA was going to be that sketchy. And I also didn't realize how freaking incredibly beautiful West Hollywood was in comparison to all of the other districts and the places around. So yeah, so it's kind of my my view on on the 411 of, of West Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, so keep your eyes out, Mikey. They may come into your uh, your wine room for mm -hmm. a, a glass of bubbles or something. It's kind of like that bar scene in Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just referencing that scene recently. That's funny you should say I, that. Well, it's kind of what I, okay, I imagine yeah. it to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, blind question. I wanted to ask that I heard you talk. You've talked about just like very briefly, EA is about portals and about, you know, everyone knows about like the Sedona and Joshua Tree being a portal, but I didn't know until I, I heard you talk about it, but the Hollywood portal. Mm. Um, so I don't know, can you like talk a little bit about the Hollywood portal and maybe the significance of that portal? Yeah, for sure. So um, I believe that there's portals and vortexes everywhere all across the planet and then also all across the universe. This is actually scientifically proven. Um, it's it really all a portal is, is just different ley lines intersecting with each other. We also have portals in our body called chakras, which are meridian energy lines intersecting. So, I mean, it's a it's quite a scientific thing um, there. So all a portal or a vortex is just like a chakra is an amplification of energy. So if you have positive intentions, positive vibrations, and you go into a portal, that's what you're going to get back. Obviously, if you have negative intentions, that's what you're going to get back. And, and essentially, that's what you're going to amplify. So what I kind of tuned into in this area, especially in Hollywood, is that there's this giant portal that's in Hollywood and this is why this has been the mecca or the hub for entertainment 
all over the world is because when something is created, you know, originally in Hollywood, now obviously in, in other locations, but when something is created in this area, that creation is amplified to the world and it becomes quite popular. So there, there's an amplification process that happens, which also either I feel like LA will choose, you know, eat someone up, swallow them whole and spit them out, or LA will amplify someone and their career, right? It really depends on the intention that you have. Um, but unfortunately, this huge portal, this vortex that exists in Hollywood is really dark. It's a low vibrational frequency. And they've been utilizing this and the entertainment industry to manipulate the masses, to put out their kind of control mechanisms and what have you. So while being here, I've actually worked a lot uh, with other light workers and grid workers and other people of higher vibrations um, to help to transmute this Hollywood portal and change it into a much higher vibration so that we can amplify unconditional love from here rather than uh, darkness and entertainment manipulation. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, as, as you were saying that, I was thinking about all the movies and all the content and everything that's out there on all the streaming channels. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So as a West Hollywood resident, uh, one of the things that Tracy likes to ask guests and, and I like to know as well is some of your favorite places to eat, shop, play, et cetera, um, get abducted, you know? I mean, <laughs> what is your playground in West Hollywood and, and what is it that you enjoy doing? Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, actually, there is a little park uh, right beside our condo complex, uh, right off of King's, like right down the street from Gelson's. Oh, yeah. And um, oh my God, it's actually so gorgeous. It's this little oasis. Uh, it's got a waterfall in it. Like once again, it's on King's right down the street from Gelson's. Like you could park at Gelson's, walk down the street and go to this like this little bubble of paradise. Um, it's, it's a dog park. So there's dogs there too. Sometimes they do yoga. It's a park for the kids. Um, so that's kind of my like little meditation playground for sure. That's like my meeting place with friends. Um, I love that because it's a little slice of paradise, a little slice of nature. Uh, one of my favorite places to eat actually in West Hollywood is a little hole in the wall um, called Nico Nico. And oh, it's, yes. sushi. It's, uh, it's basically right beside Barney's. And yep. uh, oh my God, it's so good. Like, so we, me and my wife go there, we drink some sake, you know, we have a good time. Um, of course, we hit up the Abbey. Our dog is called Abby uh, after <laughs> the Abbey, actually. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's always a good time, especially for brunch. You know, it gets a little crazy later later on in the day. Um, and then what else? I mean, we love tender greens. We love fresh corn grill. Um, but yeah, I mean, mostly I think it's just walking down Santa Monica. I also rollerblade a lot too. So. If you ever see some chick like zipping down Santa Monica on her rollerblades, that would be me. Uh, been almost been hit a couple of times, but knock on wood, have not actually been hit once. So <laughs> that's fun. But I really love like Santa Monica, especially Melrose is okay. It's a little too too shopping district for me. But um, 
but I really love making Santa Monica Boulevard, you know, my playground. And I love rollerblading down it. And especially on a Sunday, like especially pre pre pandemic, I mean, you know, you have all the gay boys who are out partying, you've got the guys in the little like tight shorts, and they're, you know, on the dancing on the uh, dance floor and stuff. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fun to be in this kind of energy and, uh, and to just really observe what's going on around here. That is amazing. And you have to, um, this is a shameless plug. I like to plug my, my co-host here and support <laughs> the small businesses in West Hollywood. You guys have to go down and check out uh, Mikey's fabulous uh, V wine room down there. Yes, we will. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we love wine. So when we do drink, it's, it's definitely a good glass of red wine. He yes, has got well, lots for you there. We, yes. We have many, many, many choices. <laughs> yes, we do. We have another podcast called We Know Vino, which Mikey and I love as oh, well. Oh, perfect. That's great. I know. It, it just goes all day over here with the runs, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I think that's a, a great place to uh, conclude our interview with you today. EA, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure and such a treat. Yeah, and thank you for being so open with, I mean, the questions that we asked you are, I'm sure a lot of people would raise an eyebrow and, and just dismiss them, but thank you for being so open and, and um, explaining so much. Mm -hmm, of course, that's what I'm here to do. So it was definitely such a pleasure to chat with both of you. And I, I just love what you're doing. And I love WeHo so much. So it, I was so excited to come on and, and chat about West Hollywood and, and maybe expose people in West Hollywood to, uh, to the more spiritual side of the vibe here. So before we let you go, EA, where can people find you out there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, if I didn't scare you off <laughs> in this hour, then, um, then I recommend checking out my book for sure. You're not dying. You're just waking up. Um, you can get it on Amazon pretty much all over the world. And then uh, you can also just Google Elizabeth April and you'll find my Instagram. You'll find my YouTube. You'll find my website. We have a membership platform. Uh, you can binge watch all my free content on YouTube ad free. So I, I put a lot out there um, and you can find it all just via Google. Yes. And um, you just put out earlier this week a free video on YouTube about themes for 2022. So if y'all are ready for that um, and are wondering perhaps what may be happening, I would encourage you to check that one out as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, EA. Well, thank you so much again. Let us know when you're going down to, to V Wine Room. Um, yeah. To like meet you for a glass of uh, red wine down there. You're yeah, not. that'd be fantastic. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Well, listen, have um, a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. All right. Bye thanks. Okay, bye. Okay, Mikey. So what do you think? Mind blown. I mean, um, I've never really thought about or considered um, any of those topics or anything that we spoke about, um, I, I guess I've been a bit more of a uh, textbook scientific sort of mind, uh, but mind completely blown. Mm -hmm. Well, um, again, we want to thank Elizabeth April EA for joining us this week. Indeed. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yes, it was fantastic. And hopefully we can get that book of hers up at Book Soup. But if not, you can uh, find it on 
Amazon and also look for all the places where you can find EA online if you're interested in tuning into more things that she talked about there in the podcast. Well, that brings us to a wrap of this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at We Know WeHo Official. And do subscribe where you listen to your podcast in Apple or Spotify. And if you're a wine drinker, you have to check out our monthly wine podcast, We Know Vino. We do know Vino. And <laughs> indeed, it's, um, it's quite eye-opening when it comes to the different things we get to discuss and, and um, drink. That's right. And we've got a January episode coming up in a couple of weeks here. And that one I'm really looking forward to because that is going to be all about new releases in January. Yum. <laughs> yum. Absolutely yum. I know. I'm already looking, already thinking about it, thinking about wine. <laughs> all right. Um, be sure to share this podcast with a friend. It really helps to keep our local West Hollywood businesses alive. Indeed. Please, uh, please go down and, and uh, say hi to your favorite small business owner, whether it's uh, a shop a restaurant, a bar, um, please uh, make sure that they know how much you love them and support them. Mm, I love that. Well, Mikey from West Hollywood. Tracy, that's a wrap. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.